I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Eniash Brodsky. And I'm David. And Charlie is here with us, too. Charlie, do you want to say hi? Aloha, y'all. What Hi, Charlie. Up? We're all in the same room with uh, Wes, except for David. David doesn't count, I guess, as a person. Yes, Eniash yeah. and Charlie are here in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Why did we fly out, exactly? We're going to talk about that during Happy News. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cool, cool. <laughs> all right, well, let's get started. This is episode number 74. It is January 14th, 2023. That's a Saturday. Not a normal Monday, so bear that in mind if we're uh, behind the times on certain things. If anything crazy happens on Sunday. Which, you know, what could what could happen? <laughs> right, that's certainly yeah. not a January 6th type event. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was eight days ago, so we're fine. <laughs> um, so we'll go we'll go go ahead with uh, stuff from last episode. This time we have a Wes was wrong. What? Is this the first time Wes has been wrong? In history, I think. <laughs> nice. I'm glad we caught it on tape. Yeah. Um, so, the whole my whole thing last episode that I kept saying was that nothing happened, and that's why we didn't cover it. There actually was something that happened that we missed, which was that the Electoral Count Reform Act was passed. Hmm. Um, which is actually kind of a big deal. Okay. Um, it's not like hopefully, it's it's a, it's like a stealth big deal, and you'll never notice it. But what it did. Is uh, it made a bunch of like minor fixes to the presidential electoral system so that um, something like Trump trying to steal the election is harder? It's good news. Yeah, it was great, and it was passed um, bipartisanly. Is that a is that an adverb? So, so what I'm hearing is something like 240 years after the beta release of America, we have finally pushed the first bug fix to the electoral system. I mean, it was a damn good system on release then if it didn't need a bug fix till just now. I actually think that the law it's amending was from like 1890-something. Huh. Well, there have been all those amendments. Those are basically bug fixes too. Well, specifically the electoral system now. Okay. Um, what did although, it fix? Although we did do a bug fix when we stopped, uh, when we allowed direct election of senators. That was a bug um, fix? Well, I don't know if it was really a fix. I feel it was kind of a bad idea. Yeah, but... I think it was a bug introduction. <laughs> well, yeah. it was an attempted bug fix. <laughs> like most attempted bug fix, it made things worse. <laughs> and that also wasn't to the like presidential electoral system. That's true. It was although... an electoral system, but it wasn't the electoral There's system. There's definitely been updates to the Electoral College, because that used to just be like... Dudes that, that, like, governors picked or something, yeah, right? Yeah, but was that really a, uh, like, a federal-level code change, or was it just the user-based jailbreaking it? Because I, I feel like it was happened. the user-based jailbreaking. If only I learned history. Right. <laughs> but, you know, this is how you learn things, by becoming interested in them and then looking them up on their own. Because if this, this may have actually been taught in history class, and none of us know, because who pays attention <laughs> to that shit? <laughs> Yeah, because it wasn't phrased using an awkward uh, software development metaphor. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, the new Electoral Account Reform Act um, is could pretty much be called the, like, Fuck Donald Trump Act. Because <laughs> it's basically like all that shit you tried to do were, were clarifying the rules so that, that, that you can't do that. Hmm. Um, it, it, <laughs> it Literally, in the law, it says that you can't change the rules 
after the vote happens. <laughs> um, it makes it clear that the vice president's role in certifying the election is purely ceremonial. No good. And that if he doesn't do it, everything still happens. Um, and it sets a threshold of 20% of each chamber to raise an objection to election results. So you can't have, like, one crazy asshole doing it. Oh, was that the case before, that one crazy asshole could do it? I think there was no... Th- there was, like, not, no... Um, statutory guidance for that. Okay. So the courts were just like, oh, I guess we'll hear this, but now it... Um, if if they can't get one-fifth of the House and one-fifth of the Senate to object, then the courts will just throw it out, which mm. I, I, I think is good. You should be able to get one-fifth. I mean, they could have got one-fifth this time. Yeah. So it'd have to be even crazier than this to... Uh, for that to, to not be able to, to happen. Um, and it sets out a process a process for expedited court review so we're not like litigating this for months oh good the bar is low but there's a bar now there we go you should tap me if you want to say something just punch him in the face or that <laughs> there's lots of ways to get my attention i like some more than others <laughs> i'll remember that <laughs> all right on to the new news wait before we get to the new news can i um, just want to you want to do more flirting Aniash? no no is i this, want to i want to raise a wes is wrong to the wes is wrong because usually when someone was wrong, it's due to a factual error, right? And there was no actual factual error. You well, just no, the factual error was nothing exciting happened this yeah, morning. Yeah, you weren't here, and you probably didn't listen to the episode. I actually did. I got shit on a lot for not being there. <laughs> <laughs> what well, did you hear me like 50 times being like, nothing happened? <laughs> I did hear that. All right, that was a factual error. All something right, happened. New news then. All right, new news. Uh, speaker Kevin McCarthy Yay. is a thing it- now. Eventually, <laughs> um, it took him until the fifteenth ballot, which uh, has not happened since like the eighteen hundreds. So around Civil War times, yeah. Which um, it was just like a hilarious, fun thing that kept happening. <laughs> um, so what happened was the to get a Speaker of the House. The entire House of Representatives has to vote on the Speaker, and you need a majority of the people voting to secure the Speakership, and McCarthy couldn't get it. And the House isn't allowed to do anything else until they elect a Speaker, so they just had to keep doing elections. And he kept losing. He lost 14 times. It took four days. How how did they keep putting him up if he kept losing? Like, wouldn't you put in a nominee that can get the votes? Well, it, the- there weren't any other nominees. <laughs> like, oh. you, even even in the uh, Mustang coalition of Republicans who kept on torpedoing his election, like, they didn't have anyone that they could even pretend was running against him. They just voted for random people. And this was the point where we all suddenly learned that you don't actually have to be a member of Congress to be elected Speaker of the House, right? That is correct. <laughs> yeah, so Justin was, Amash volunteered. Cool. Who was you guys' favorite uh, Dark Horse candidate? I mean, Amash, come on. I mean, in real life terms, yeah, Amash. In hilarious terms, Trump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. same. <laughs> but this was, you know, this was just a fun thing that happened. Everyone got a good chuckle out of it. Um, but then McCarthy finally got the votes. Uh, he he apparently promised the crazy caucus that he they'd get three seats on the rules committee. Okay. Um. So, and by the crazy caucus, we mean the crazy right wing caucus. Yeah, the guys okay. that were like too right wing for Kevin McCarthy. See, I thought that people were saying this is a great opportunity for some Democrats to like push some things that they want to see happen and give their votes to McCarthy. I mean. 
probably not. Like, I don't think McCarthy or the Republicans would have agreed to anything because ah, okay. they 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 want they wanted to be elect. McCarthy wanted to be elected from Republicans, and he found a way to do it. I guess if it was like a month from now and they still hadn't elected a speaker, maybe he would like lower himself to negotiating with Democrats. But he wasn't going to do it. It's after like four days. I suppose it's, but it's possible that they could have offered something that like is not too distasteful to him, at least in in comparison to what he was getting no. from the crazies, right? No, the distasteful no, part is needing literally the any, help. yeah, ah, okay, yeah, literally any negotiation with Democrats would basically be putting a "please primary me" sign on his back. Mm, the primary yeah. hatred goes like, deep in this country. Like they, like they could be voting to like guarantee access to oxygen for all americans <laughs> and uh to reiterate that the sky is blue in all public school materials and if they were negotiating with democrats to get that passed then he'd get primary god those entitled americans think they have a right to oxygen for what it's worth i am looking at the sky in new jersey right now and it is not blue <laughs> It might, it might get blue later. It's, just <laughs> a, it's a little overcast. It's fine. Yeah. There's a little blue over there. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's kind of like blue. Uh, got a four-day snowstorm uh, brewing here, so it's like light gray away from the snowstorm and darkening to a nice gunmetal where the storm's brewing. <sighs> you you mountain people are so lucky. We haven't yeah. had any snow yet, and I don't know when we're going to get any. At all this season? Wait, didn't right you now. get hit by the uh, snowmageddon in December? No, that was we just got rain. Oh, it wasn't shit. cold enough here. Is that usual for New Jersey? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we usually don't get any real snow till mid-January at the earliest. Okay. So sometimes we get it early, um, but usually, usually not in December. Well, I'm glad that I guess the that house I... is in session now. Is that good or bad? Uh, it's bad. It would have been great if this drug on for like three months or so. Eventually, yeah. you need the house in session to like pass budgets and not shut down the government and raise the debt limit mm. um but it you know we didn't need it to happen now it would have been great if mccarthy spent three months trying to get the votes he needed it would have been cool to see us go through several heads of lettuce <laughs> <laughs> uh true but hey the head of lettuce you know mm. we might need more because one of the things that he agreed to was that any member of the house can trigger a no confidence vote in the speaker <laughs> oh <laughs> so like if one guy is unhappy with him they can trigger a vote um and you know it just takes five republicans um it, to to knock him out if all the democrats vote against him which they probably would oh shit wait can any re democrat trigger no confidence vote at any point i don't know actually if, this sounds like a good way to just be like oh you want yeah, to pass something i don't like triggering no a no confidence votes. vote is the new filibuster then yeah. i would be a-okay with that <laughs> <laughs> all i can all, all i'm picturing is princess amadala <laughs> like i r raise a vote of no confidence for chancellor valorum it's been so long since i saw that i don't remember that at all well that's what happened okay I tried to purge that entire sequence of movies from my head. It was Jar Jar Binks who uh, who who <laughs> yeah. motioned to give uh, Senator Palpatine the emergency powers, so he's the real asshole. Uh, yeah, he's the dark Jar Jar. Yeah, that's right. Best fan theory. Yep. All right. Um, McCarthy, yeah, so he's the speaker now. He can get ousted if, you know, five <laughs> Republicans feel like it. 
Um, he gave him a seat on the rules committee, and people think that like he promised a lot more than that because that's actually not that much, um, and nobody knows what that is Uh-oh. or if he's going to keep those promises. Who knows? Mm. But yeah, he probably sold out a little more than he had before, which was a lot. It was <sighs> kind of surprising he had anything else left to sell out about. How do we feel about the secret deal making? Like, on the one hand, maybe it's good because he can't be held to it, but on the other hand, maybe it's bad because it's secret? I mean, it's neither good nor bad. I feel like secret deal-making is going to happen in any political system that involves deal-making. Mm. Yeah. Uh, secret deal-making... I don't like when my side does secret deals because then people back out of them and they get played and look like idiots. Yeah. Uh, if the other side wants to do secret deals, like especially on an internal thing like this that I, I don't actually have a stake in... Like, who cares? Maybe that's why the uh, really low bar for no confidence votes. If he tries to back out any of the secret deals, there's just no confidence in him right out of there. Yeah, that's that's certainly um, a, a sword of Damocles hanging over him. Who is this Kevin McCarthy fellow? He's just like some MAGA Republican who has been running around trying to pander to everybody for the yeah. past two years. Is he new to the Senate? No, or no, I, I think it was one of the neocons turned Trumpists. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's there's nothing the, to know about de- him. Definitely the uh, definitely the second worst McCarthy who's ever worked in uh, the Capitol building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hard to beat be good old Joe. Yep. Yeah. All right. Any heard more comments? A, uh, heard an absolutely terrible joke about that. What's well, uh? Go uh, ahead. What do um, what do General Sherman and Senator McCarthy have in common? Please what? tell. The only thing they did wrong was not going far enough. Womp womp. <laughs> um, the mind killer does not endorse that joke. <laughs> it was a very bad joke. All right. I did warn you. All right. Next <laughs> story. This one is from Eniosh. Yes. Mexican news. Exactly. I was really intrigued by the video that i saw which is why i threw in here uh of an attack helicopter strafing a suburban neighborhood look i think it was a suburban neighborhood looked like it in mexico which i was like what the fuck is happening right there apparently mexico uh, captured el chapo's son again uh el chapo head of a big drug cartel uh they captured him a long time ago he's dead now right the biggest drug cartel and he's not dead he's just in federal prison Mm, okay he's mostly dead yeah, uh, but his son took over for him, and in 2019, they caught him for the first time, and the cartels went absolutely bonkers and just started blowing shit up in the city until the uh, the government released him, because they were like, well, we don't want our city burned to the ground. And uh, they caught him again, and this time were more prepared, and they had uh, what I'm thinking is literal military battles with the cartel in the city, because there was they brought in an attack helicopter to strafe these rows of... um trucks that had big mounted guns on them which were shooting back at the helicopters and they tried to take the airport where his son was being um transferred to the prison uh they stormed a a hospital and grabbed nurses and doctors out of the hospital to work on the cartel members that had been shot Ooh, that's some like joker moves there all in all it was uh 30 people got killed between the cartels and the mexican security forces and another 50 injured so, like, like a major battle. This is a literal military battle, right? When you have heavy weaponry like that happening? It sounds like a military battle. Yeah. I mean, are the cartels I mean, military? if though? anything that happened in the Middle East in the last 20 years was a military battle, then yeah, that was a military battle. Okay. 
But yeah, the, the military was more ready for it this time. They did not release the son, and he is sitting in a prison right now. And it only lasted for one day, all the, uh, you know, blowing up the city. But all right. That was, that was crazy. Way to only negotiate with terrorists that one time. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you've got to be ready when there's an opposing government living within your borders. I guess so. Um, all right. Next story. Uh, this one's from Brazil. Who had a, a thing happen that's uh, pretty familiar to people in the United States. Yeah, Brazil had their January 6th on January 8th, uh, last week. Late as usual. <laughs> Probably uh, taking a siesta or something. It's the culture. <laughs> Charlie, don't be racist. Oh, the people showed up. Uh, the people, God. Uh, the opposition in their latest presidential election uh, got lost they lost they did the trump thing where they lost and then the guy who was running do you remember his name bolsonaro bolsonaro there we go uh was upset and said rah this is bad and all his protest his supporters were like rah this is bad and then they stormed the main military building and trashed it just like they did on january 6th it was basically january 6th interestingly hmm? bolsonaro actually conceded oh yeah. so not quite as bad yeah. as january 6th yeah so this well. actually isn't his fault it was just his supporters i heard went that he- nuts I heard that he did try to rile them up. He may have. Unlike Joe Biden, who is only a metaphorical communist, uh, Bolsonaro's <laughs> opponent was an actual full-blown communist. So, you know, kind of backing the protesters on this one. <laughs> you, you're backing the people that tried to storm the government building and overturn a fair election. Yes. Have you met David? Ah, uh, fair. Yeah. I actually have not. No, well, I have breakdown is breakdown of democracy is bad. Communism is worse. This is very simple math. This is like David's go-to example every time. We're like, why do you need so many guns? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, what if we elect communists? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you should have made a better pitch during the election campaign. Um, yeah. So Bolsonaro, I think maybe maybe he conceded after this happened, but okay. he definitely conceded at some point. Which I think is funny that he's, like, less of an asshole than Trump. Has Trump still never conceded? No, he's still out there being like, oh, election was stolen! Uh, I, the thing I found kind of interesting about this, I mean, the whole thing was interesting, but... Um, is that it was like a thing that happened in America. <laughs> that was also interesting. But the most interesting thing was listening to uh, NPR, which I consider a leftist news source. Uh, I think As everybody does at this point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there will yeah, but it's pretty leftist. The uh, the NPR reporters were all referring to it as protesters and riots rather than a coup attempt, which I found interesting because that kind of feels like it goes against the the standard narrative, right? Then you know where their sympathies lie. Mm. Well, but I don't because their sympathies lie with calling it a coup well, attempt. So well, I think, I think she's saying their sympathies lie with the communists. But then a coup attempt against the communists is bad. No, oh, that, yeah, that's true. No, no, no. The, what you're missing is they just don't give a shit about Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, it's Brazil, well, so who cares? Like the like the standard verbiage is to call this uh, a riot, but in the specific case of January sixth in America, they like they wanted to punch down against the protesters enough that they were willing to throw out the style guide. Yeah, and this one actually was like way more, uh, like 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 had way more of a claim to being a coup attempt mm-hmm. because they didn't just um, attack the one building; um, they attacked like a whole bunch of buildings, like all kinds of government establishments, and like the the legislative hall and the courts. 
um, and a bunch of stuff, um, and and seemed to actually be trying to like take shit over, hmm. not just break in and take some selfies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but they failed. They did. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, did you guys cool. like the Brazilian shaman more or less than the uh, than the American brand? I have not seen the Brazilian shaman. Oh yeah, there was a guy who was clearly stealing the uh, January Six Shaman's shtick. Oh nice, because I was like, I doubt this is inspired by you know January Sixth, because I feel like I feel like if anything, January Sixth was inspired by shit that happens in Brazil all the time. Hmm. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, one guy at least was inspired. I'm gonna find it interesting if this starts happening on a regular basis with all contested elections. I mean, they keep failing. Yeah, that's so, good. Probably not. Okay. Actually, and like, yeah, I, I feel like the U.S. I feel like they actually handled the the response pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like agree. they, they, yeah, you know, I mean, they, there was the whole suppression of civil rights in some of the prosecutions, but like on the day of, meh, it was. I fine. mean, I think the prosecutions went pretty well. They, uh, you know, they they charged the, uh, you know, the 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 you know stupid rioting idiots to give with little slap on the wrist offenses. But gave him something, um, and the guys who were like actually planning this and you know stashing weapons and shit, they gave him the big boy crimes, which I think was appropriate. Um, but I feel like they didn't go crazy and didn't like weren't like you know boot on face about it. Um, but at the same time, weren't like, well, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I guess they just weren't more boot on face about it than DOJ normally is with everything they do, which is damning with faint praise. Yeah, I feel, no, I feel like they were less boot on face than normal. Yeah, a lot of people just got wrist slaps. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were pretty boot on face, but uh, right. I don't know. Well, anyway, I'm glad we found a way to bring this back to America. Yes. Because, you know, foreign countries. Who cares? Every country in the world belongs to America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next story. Eniash, what is this about Ukraine? Uh, so, by one estimate, because up until 2020, apparently the U.S., just released its numbers of how many artillery shells they purchased every year. Uh, by one estimate, the U.S. has sent close to one-fifth of our artil- artillery shell stockpile to Ukraine. Uh, and it'll take two years of production at current rates to replenish this, and ramping up that production is hard and slow. So uh, this the Ukraine war is probably going to last longer than our artillery reserves, which is interesting. I don't think we're ever going to send them all of our artillery shells, so something's going to have to change at some point. Yeah, no, this is fine. Um, No, I'm actually serious. Um, America actually is not that big of a producer of artillery. Um, A lot of uh, Ukrainian supplies are coming from South Korea and Poland, uh, who have artillery out the ass. And in Poland's case, it's actually in uh, Warsaw Pact calibers, which is what uh, Ukraine really needs. So, yeah, like, it from, like, U.S. being able to credibly threaten retaliation against China if they invade Taiwan point of view, it's not great, but uh, it's also a little bit more of a nothing burger than people are making it out to be. Okay, so mostly we're just funding the purchase of artillery shells from other places. Yeah, the like, the really big support that America is giving Ukraine is A, financial, which, you know, we have a lot of money, and B, it's, like, intelligence, which is pretty non-rivalrous. Huzzah! All right. Well, glad we don't have to worry about that. 
Um, here's something we do have to worry about. Ineage AI is going to kill us all. <laughs> right? Is that what this news story is? That is... At least one of these no stories is about that, yes. All right. So how is the AI getting better at killing us all? Remember this, this week. <laughs> remember the classic example from way back in 20, I don't know, 2007, 2008, maybe 2009, where um, somebody asked Eliezer, like, how could an AI really destroy the entire human race in secret? And he was like, I don't know. It could maybe synthesize some sort of virus or something and have that sent off to a lab where they replicate it and then mail it out and it kills all the humans. You know nobody remembers that. I could have sworn everybody remembered that because I remembered that. Well, so that happened? <laughs> that almost happened uh, because the an, an AI did, in fact, a large language model, not just a general AI, but, you know, one of our, our LLMs um, right now that we have, synthesized completely de novo proteins that are viable in a wet lab and they they did make them i see you speaking latin over there like you know what it means that de novo from nothing they it came up sorry with it on, I, I just want to i just want to make sure well it was in the article and i like sounding <laughs> fancy i just want to make like sure that i'm understanding this right so what mm. happened was a bio a molecular biologist told chat gpt or some other similar program make me a new completely viable protein and then it produced a genetic sequence or whatever proteins are made of and the biologist just made the thing in his defense apparently he did run it through a different llm first to say uh check what this does and a Apparently it said, yeah, this probably won't kill everyone. Okay, I would like well, to propose <laughs> between this and uh, gain-of-function research being a thing that maybe we should just put all molecular biologists in jail. <laughs> it would be a safer world, but also would be a slower-to-cure-aging world. So we got to weigh the, uh, the things against each other. Oh, true. I, I definitely think maybe they should have thought a little harder before just making the proteins. Okay. No, it's fine. This will all be fine. Okay, updated plan. All molecular biologists should have mandatory don't do stupid shit insurance. And their <laughs> premium should go way, way up when they do stupid shit. Uh, the, uh, the, the libertarian solution. solution to everything, yes. <laughs> if only that insurance could prevent us from all being killed. I mean, I think that's the idea. All right, how else is uh, AI getting better at killing us all? Well, those same large hang language on, models. Hang on, hang on. Uh, you didn't tell us about Will's uh, Twitter postings, which uh, I, is important to get into the episode because Will is an acquaintance of mine, and he's pretty cool. Oh, also, shit. Also, well, if you're uh, listening to this, hi, Will. Can we just can we stop saying acquaintance? I hate it so much. Okay, fine. Will is an acquaintance of mine, and he's pretty cool. <laughs> if you're listening to this, hi, Will. Uh, who is Will? Um, he's someone from, uh, Grey Tribe, Signal okay, Chats. but, like, I know you're looking at the outline, and we're looking at the outline, but our audience is not. So you, we should probably say his full name, which is William Eden, yes. is the guy we're talking about. At William A. Eden on Twitter. And what was his take on this? His take was, humans have synthesized de novo proteins created by AI. This is definitely proof of something. Okay, to be fair, they checked with a different AI to ask what it might produce first. AI, here, synthesize this protein. Humanity, why? AI, just cause, lol, aren't you curious? Humanity, lol, kk. 
<laughs> Wait, did we actually do it? Did we make the protein? Yes, I we believe did yes. it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> did it was it good? Was it a good protein? It didn't kill everyone. All right. Score one for humanity. That's right. Curiosity won yet again. All right. What's the next way that they're getting better at killing us? Uh, large language models can discern cause and effect. <laughs> Whatever. I can do that. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> well, I'm not impressed. I couldn't do that last one. You're also threatening to the survival of humanity, Wes. <laughs> All right. You are also threatening to the survival of humanity, Wes. Well, I wish I could deny it. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. This this is just kind of concerning that a computer can understand that. There's a lot of people saying like, "Oh, it's just a like your um, smart text predicting on your uh, messaging apps when you text other people." And no, no, it's not because those things can't tell apart cause and effect. Whereas this can. Someone uh, posted a number of screenshots they got from ChatGPT, which were things like, "If you change your altitude, will that change the temperature?" And ChatGPT says yes. Then they asked, if you change the ch- temperature, will that change your altitude? And ChatGPT answers no. Which means that it can it knows the difference between cause and effect. Those aren't one-to-one correlations. Hmm. Yeah. That's neat. Now, I'm not saying there's any reason to doubt this result. Mm. Um, but I am very suspicious of these, like, uh, screenshots of ChatGPT I see, keep seeing around. Because those would be super easy to fake. That's true. But you and know the- I'm like... I think at least half of these are fake. But the wonderful thing about ChatGPT is that everyone has access to it, so you can go and replicate it at any time. Yeah, I know, but, like, half of them don't replicate (laughs) And it's like, maybe they fixed that bug, or maybe you were just lying. I'm not sure this is... Let's let's fire up ChatGPT, see if we can make it do this. Uh, No, let's not. Okay. One thing ChatGPT is really good at is generating arbitrary bland corpo speak. So I've been using it to revamp my resume. Hey, Roxy! Hey, Roxy. Mm-hmm. Hi, Roxy. Wow, that was like a full sentence. <laughs> oh yeah, she speaks in full sentences now. She's three. Nice. Like there are stars in your shirt. Yes. There's a diamond on. Yep. All right, you want to go downstairs with your mom? Yes. Okay. Listeners, I know you're not aware of this because Stardust is super quiet, but Stardust is a dog that also lives here. She is a very good girl. Hmm. All right. What were we talking about? AI's going to kill us? Uh, AI's going to do something. Yeah, I was telling people that uh, it's unquestionably good for revamping resumes because it's very good at generating arbitrary bland corpo speak. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great at, like, college exams Mm -hmm. or college essays. And um, and cover letters. And answering common medical questions. Speaking of which, <laughs> is there something in the news about that, Inia? There is. Well, why don't you tell us about it? Google turned an AI chatbot to answer common medical questions, and doctors judged 92.6% of its answers right, compared to 92.9% of answers given by other doctors. So it can answer common medical questions just as well as any regular doctor. Um, there is no way that doctors get 92.9% of medical questions right. That I mean, is such a lie. Maybe yeah. if like, they're at a laptop with an internet connection. Yeah, I- Maybe. So is this like the uh, typical Googling si- symptoms answering questions right, quote unquote, where like it says these symptoms are indicative of cancer? And yes, technically those symptoms are indicative of cancer, but they're more likely just like a common cold. Well, other doctors judged it correct. Uh, yeah, so but is I would it technically that... correct or is it actually correct? I'm like, will ChatGPT tell me, 
oh, it's fine, don't worry about it, if that is in fact the advice my doctor would give me, or does it just say something technically correct that makes me panic? Probably that last one. I would assume it says basically the same thing your doctor would say, because that is, otherwise, why would you test that? Um, We already know that uh, the internet can make you panic. And your doctor would always say you need to get tests. Yeah, no, my my assumption here is that, you know, if, if a medical question that has an answer, like... It's just, it's what it says in the textbook. Hmm. Um, and that the chat GTP is good at giving the answer from the textbook is the least surprising news. All right. The doctors are good at it. Oh, that's, that's more surprising. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess that's like their whole thing is memorizing what's in the textbook. Well, in related news, it also passed the official medical exam. So it is now a licensed doctor. Oh, right. Mm. Dr. Chet GTP. And I guess if you combine that with the fact that a few episodes ago we um, found out that it has an IQ of 82 according to both standard IQ tests, maybe this means you can pass the official medical exam with an IQ of 82. Or maybe all you need to pass the official medical exam is to memorize a bunch of shit. Mm, yeah. Okay. It, it also got a D- minus on uh, Brian Kaplan's micro theory final, so... Which, like, I've taken Brian Kaplan's micro theory final. It's hard. It's not that hard. If you get a D minus on it, you're kind of a fuck up. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> so my uh, job. Let's be clear. Okay. A D minus on this test is actually a thirty percent. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, on a curve. it does it's change uh, based curve. on student performance. Uh, he curves pretty aggressively, but yeah. Don't. If you have to curve your tests that badly, doesn't that mean you're a bad teacher? Um. <sighs> Not really. His testing philosophy is coherent, but uh, kind of hard to explain. Yeah, I without think you could ask questions more... on tests that you don't expect people to get and just be like, well, if you get this, you're like super smart and you get extra points. Those are called extra credit questions. Right. But if you're grading on a curve, then like whatever question nobody answers except you is extra credit. I, I guess. I don't know. It all works out that way. Okay. I, I They're would... like stretch goals. Yeah. <laughs> I would be very worried if I knew that I was being operated on by a doctor who got a D... And uh, that meant a 32%. Yeah, but I, I he's not be a, a doctor. He's an economist. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. He's just operating on the, you know, nation's economy. <laughs> Who cares about that? <laughs> Certainly not I. Yeah. All right. David. Yeah. You have a story for us. It's yeah. about guns. Yeah. So oh, uh, wait. Let me go get Gray. Listeners, Gray is also here. <laughs> you rang. <laughs> All right, David. What's the story? Yeah, so um, the ATF released a new ruling. Oh, the ATF, we love them. Yeah, they're... Oh, we do hate them. Absolutely terrible. I I couldn't even make a joke about how they're great. Um, (laughs) So they have released a new ruling that braced pistols, which is basically... It's basically a way to make full-size rifles Americans with Disabilities Act compliant. Uh, and lets you use them uh, even if you don't have a left arm. So is um, a braced pistol, is it more like a rifle or more like a pistol? It's more like a rifle in terms of, like, if you were looking at it and trying to guess which it was, but it's more like a pistol in the eyes of the law, which is okay. what's important here, because... Um, until very recently, they were regulated as pistols. Until, like, this week, in fact. Yes. Uh, so, that meant that you could cut the barrel as short as you want. Uh, if you tried to do this with a regular rifle without a pistol brace, 
then it would be a short-barreled rifle, which are regulated under the National Firearms Act, and that means you need to get an enhanced background check and pay a, buy a $200 tax stamp for it. Or just not like your dog too well. <laughs> yes, or that. Um, uh, if you are familiar with the uh, Ruby Ridge massacre that happened in the 90s, the inciting incident for that was... Uh, the folks at Ruby Ridge cut down a shotgun, so it was a short-barreled shotgun, which is very similar, uh, regulatorily speaking. Someone's got a really small penis to care about the half-inch difference of barrel length that was at issue in that case. Indeed, especially to care enough to murder a woman who is holding a baby in her arm. Wasn't the actual issue with Ruby Ridge the fact that they refused to allow federal agents into their compound to the point that they would shoot at them? Well, the reason why the federal agents wanted into the compound was because they short-barreled a shotgun. Right, no, I I understand that maybe they didn't have a good reason to want in in the first place, but when you have a place and the feds want in and you aren't letting them in and you're shooting at them, that's often going to lead to a sort of, we are the law around here, and if you're not going to respect the law, we got to fight you for it, lest everybody try to break away into their own separate one-block state, right? Well, yes, this is my general argument for why you shouldn't have any law on the books that you're not willing to murder women and children to enforce, but... Well, they uh, were willing to do uh, that. Also, uh, let's remember, that doesn't apply to, like, hippies in Seattle. <laughs> that who too. can just apparently take over several city blocks, and the police are like, well, what can we do? And yeah. then the city will also actively cooperate to suppress the story of the murder you totally commit with your private security force. Yeah. Anyway, back to stuff that happened this week and not in the 1990s. Um, The uh, ATF, which had previously ruled that braced pistols were pistols and therefore could be arbitrarily short without need for a tax stamp, has reversed their previous opinion without any executive guidance from the president or change in underlying laws and regulations. And now those formerly legal items are federally illegal, and the ATF will kick down your door and shoot your dog if you don't get it registered. Yep, that part's pretty bad. Bummer. Yep. I mean, it sounds like it's consistent. Like, if they're going to regulate short-barreled rifles, it sounds like that's kind of what these are. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is they just shouldn't regulate short-barreled rifles, A, because they're, like, clearly unconstitutional under Bruin, uh, and B, because, like, there's no reason to. Short-barrel, shortening the barrel makes the gun less dangerous. The bullet has less time to get fast, and... But David, it makes this two-foot-long rifle that weighs seven pounds concealable. So this is just, like, closing a loophole... No, it's, it makes it's, them it's, concealable if you're in the 1930s and pinstriped uh, <laughs> ankle-length dusters are in style. Uh, so it, it, the, the issue, uh, Wes, is that it's not a loophole. It's a reversal for no administratively acceptable reason of a position that the agency has taken consistently over a period of years until now and issued many letters to that effect to the, to the manufacturers and sellers of individual braces. Right, but it sounds like, in effect, it was just a loophole around the regulations on short-barreled rifles. So, but, they, but it's a loophole that they repeatedly affirmed in their capacity as the agency tasked with interpreting the rule. Sure. That was the that was the way it cashed out in practice in a lot of times and places 
but also let's not lose fa- sight of the fact that pistol braces are like they have a purpose they are to make rifles Americans with Disabilities Act compliant. So what I'm really hoping the uh, 2A law places will do is uh, sue the ATF for this under uh, the ADA because they're... Because, like, that's that's the reason why braced pistols exist. That would be fun. Yeah. It would be. That's That, that would be an excellent addition to the law. Um, I will add, based on additional uh, gun-related litigation that came out last week, they really need to do it in a state that who's uh, court in a federal court district that's under the Fifth Circuit, because the Fifth Circuit is the one who last week overturned the uh, bump stock ban from the Trump years based on the ATF having a decade of its own regulatory precedent to the effect that the rule it was that it was now implementing was not actually right. They had said for years that no, a bump stock is not in fact a machine gun, and they'd issued like a hundred letters to people selling them saying this is not a machine gun and it's fine to sell it. So the court ruled that in no, there's no possible circumstance in which the agency reversing years of its own precedent can be entitled to Chevron deference. What is Chevron deference? It's a, basically it means that, uh, courts as a rule have to defer to the, uh, interpretation by regulatory agencies of their own regulatory mandates, except in cases where that's, where, where there are designated carve outs, but as a rule, uh, the, yeah, the regulatory agency's interpretation of its own regulatory mandate is the one that the courts have to, uh, accept when they're determining whether a regulation's acceptable. It won't be a rule much longer. You think? The- the current Supreme Court is not is not going to tolerate this. Didn't they already have the opportunity to kill it in West Virginia v. EPA? I mean, they have an opportunity to kill lots of stuff all the time, and they like to they like to pick and choose. Yeah. They like to wait for the perfect case. But I I can't see Chevron deference making it out of this current court. Here's hoping. It in sucks. Off. Yeah. All right. Any more uh, gun comments, or should we move on? All right. Well, thank you, Gray, for stepping in as our resident gun expert. All right. Moving on to the next story. We have a sexy news update. All right. <laughs> sexy news is the best news. All right. What's our sexy news update? Uh, according to a recent study, more than 75% of casual sex is not one night stands. Um, it is extended sexual relationship with a friend or acquaintance. Sex with a friend or acquaintance. Yeah. Ineash, are you flirting with me again? <laughs> you know I always do. <laughs> Wait, it sounds like some form of ethical non-monogamy? I don't I don't know. I don't know what kind of words they're using or whatever, but it turns out that, yeah, the the general when you think about casual sex, at least when I thought about casual sex, I thought of like hookup culture, people meet someone one time, they have sex, they never see him again, but no. Hookup culture. I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not one uh, of the kids anymore. It's those kids today in their hookup culture. Why, when I was their age, we had to take girls out on dates to the malt shop and buy them a Coke and a cheeseburger before we could even get a kiss goodnight. So so speaking of the kids these days, I am actually kind of curious. So rates of just casual sex havery are way, way down. So I'm wondering if this represents like uh friends with benefits for lack of a better word uh remaining more stable than one night stands which are dropping precipitously or something like that yeah that could be it could be that people are having one night stands all the time in the olden days and now they're not and that's why people are having less sex 
Yeah. Don't know. All I want to say is, let's put the friends back in friends with benefits, people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was really interesting, and I liked it. All right. All right. Uh, next story. Uh, oh, this is a fun one. It's from Ecuador. There is. Ecuador has very sexist laws about child custody. Uh, and that it basically always defaults to the mother, regardless of circumstances. And there's one particular circumstance where this guy has not seen his kids in five months, and the mother is a complete fucking train wreck. And yet, uh, they are with the mother, uh, despite the fact that they'd be much better off with him. Anyways, Ecuador also now has laws that you can just change your sex at will, and or change your gender, rather, not your sex. Uh, so he changes his gender to female in order to write around those sexist laws. And, I mean, it's, he just did it, and it's going through the courts now, but hopefully this will mean that now that he is female, he will be able to see his kids again and maybe get some custody rights. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Here at the Mind Killer, uh, we endorse cheating to get around stupid laws. Absolutely. Uh, or rather, taking advantage of the system. Yes. To achieve good outcomes. I'm glad he did this. This has been on my list of I need to do this as a troop deployment for <laughs> a number of months now. And I guess he beat me to it. Yeah, he actually did it. Yeah. He didn't just pontificate about it like a, like a keyboard warrior. I have yet to need to do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, all right. And the last thing on our do- on our outline here, just as Biden documents or something. Um, so what happened is, you remember how Trump um, got in trouble for having classified documents that he refused to give back? I do. Uh, Biden had some classified documents that he didn't give back. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like having a gerontocracy where 90% of our heads of state are functionally senile is not a good idea. And Trump is the hemorrhoid of American politics. He just keeps flaring up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this isn't, I mean, Fox News is trying to say like, oh, see, it's, they made a big deal about Trump and now they nobody cares about Biden. And it's kind of silly because nobody cared about Trump the first time that he took the classified documents and they were like, hey, give those back. And he was like, oh, OK, here you go. Um, it was really the problem with Trump was that when he said that he didn't actually give them back. He gave back like some of them. And then he was like, but I'm keeping these. <laughs> and they had to raid his, uh, his stupid. It's not even a golf club. Cause there's no golf there. His country club, hmm. uh, to get the documents back. Um, so I feel like that was the big deal where he was just like, well, I'm not going to give them back. Yeah. They're, they're mine. Um, and Biden, of course, was like, oh, God, I have these documents. Take them, please. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, so this is not, you know, this is not a real story. But, but it's funny. Yeah. People are making it into one. Okay. So don't don't listen to people who are being dumb about this. All right. And that brings us to happy news. Yay! Good news, everyone. Uh, first happy news is about abortion. We've got two happy abortion <laughs> stories. Enoch is laughing because he loves abortions. No, because it's rare to have happy news is about abortions. Um, Especially with South Carolina involved. Yeah. Abortion right. legal in South Carolina. Um, they had recently passed a six-week ban on abortion, and their highest court found that... Um, their constitution, which has a specific right to privacy in it, Ooh. unlike the United States Constitution. Good constitution. Um, they found that that uh, guarantees the right to abortion for up to 20 weeks. 
which is what their ban was before they passed this new law. Is that because you can't tell if someone is pregnant or not without invading their privacy? No, it's um, it's just the the right to um, make your own decisions about what medical procedures to get mm. is mm. encompassed in the right to privacy. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like it, the right to privacy in a legal sense is like the right for the government not to be all up in your business. Ah. Um, and that's what Roe versus Wade was about. It was saying, look, people have a right to make their own medical decisions without the government getting involved. Um, and South Carolina has found um, that in, in that state, uh, people still have that right. So that's great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now all you just need to do is pass constitutional carry, and I will spend at least two minutes thinking about moving back to South Carolina. <laughs> uh, all right. So the second happy news about abortion is um, the FDA has lifted a rule that was banning um, mifepristone. Mifepristone? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone got help? Mifepristone? Mifepristone. Yeah. Milf I like it, <laughs> um, but it's one of the uh, one of the pills you need to induce a medical abortion. Um, there was a rule that that was not allowed to be sold in pharmacies. Um, the FDA lifted that rule. Why? Why was that a rule? Because abortion is bad. Oh, and who, because the FDA never met a drug that it didn't want to ban. Jesus yeah. fucking FDA! Oh, I got to rant about the FDA. Can I rant about the FDA real fast? Uh, yes. Is it something you should say for your troop deployment? Mm. I mean, look. Nah, nah, go ahead. This is the mind We always welcome We've had so many rants about the FDA that are not in troop deployments that we can't start doing that now. So I was just over in Europe, in Portugal and Spain, and when I landed, I was like, oh, fuck, I did not bring my muscle relaxers because I I just forgot them. They're on the counter somewhere. And that kind of sucks. But you were on vacation. The whole point is to relax. <laughs> well, the muscle relaxers are specifically as a way to combat back pain due to the, the back injury I suffered a few years ago. And I was like, well, I'm going to be in a, a fair bit of pain now, especially in the mornings, because in Europe they don't believe in having soft beds, apparently. Which is an entirely different rant. But <laughs> I walked into a pharmacy. I, I was told by my friend, no, nah, don't worry about it. You can probably get it here. I walked into a pharmacy and I was like, can I buy some cyclobenzogene? And they're like, yeah, sure, here you go. I was Sweet. like, what? And they're like, yeah, it, it's just a muscle relaxer. Here you go. I was like, motherfuckers in the <laughs> FDA. I thought that I was screwed because I didn't have a doctor prescription here because it was way off in America. They're like, no, here's here's your drug. What are you going to do with it? Relax your muscles? Oh, no. Like, fuck you, FDA. Yeah. <laughs> what country was this? Uh, this was in Portugal. Yeah. Right. I, 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 think, Portugal. I think a lot of things are scheduled that shouldn't be. But I have to say, the existence of drugs that are prescription only, but unscheduled, baffles me. Yeah. Like, what the actual fuck? There, there isn't one. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the FDA lifted this rule. Um, it was a stupid rule, and now they don't have it anymore. Oh no, now that's much worse. Alright. Um, yeah, this was a dumb rule. Um, they removed it, so that's good. Yeah. Um, it would be better if they just stopped doing dumb rules, but um, removing the dumb rules is good. We should be happy about that. So step forward. Um, now you still need a prescription to get it for some reason, and they still are cannot sell it in states where abortion is banned mm. because it's totally an abortion drug. Mm. Um, but you know, small steps. Yeah. Um, previously, you had to get them in clinics and hospitals. And now you can just get them in pharmacies. I, hey, uh, we, I just want the Delenda S step to happen. If you're a listener who lives in one of those states, 
Ask one of your friends who lives in a state with a magazine capacity ban how they get their magazines. This is a solved problem. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Well, we have covered on this podcast before, I believe, how to get uh, this particular drug, right? I think Uh, that was before the FDA stuck its stick in it. No, the FDA stuck its dick in it a while oh, ago. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a long, long ago. We covered ago. all this ah, with, okay. uh, when Dobbs came down. This is the FDA removing its dick slightly. Yes. <laughs> That's just the tip. Yeah. <laughs> if only that was true. Uh, all right, next story. Tom Lehrer put all of his music in the public domain. Woo! For a limited uh, time Tom Lehrer, only. He's a, for what? Or no, he, he put them in the public domain forever, but he also put them up on the web to download for a limited time only. No. Cool. Oh yeah, there's a website you can go and like download um, all his lyrics and um, some some actual uh, audio files. No, no, all the actual audio files. Oh, where the, the, I, 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 look, the globalists don't want you to know this, files. but you can download every audio record that Tom Lehrer ever put to record. I have the collected works of Tom Lehrer at home. No, yeah, all right. So Tom Lehrer, he's like a novelty. Uh, musician. He writes funny he, songs. He's, uh, um, he's a pre-Al Yankovic Al Yankovic. Yeah, the one I was familiar with was Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. That's the most famous one, I think. Yeah, um, But he has like 50 songs up there, I think. Something like that. If you've uh, listened to or read Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, you're familiar with the uh, Boy Scouts Be Prepared song. Oh, that was him? Yeah, that was him. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, so that's just a cool thing to do. It's just like, yo, everybody, you can use my music for whatever you want. Um, mix around with it, change it, use use part of it. I don't care. Make money with it. I'm happy to hear that he's still alive because, like, the video that I found with him um, was in black and white, and so I just assumed that oh, damn. he was dead now. But oh no, yeah, not. yeah, no, he he did the music thing in like the 1960s. Released four albums, became pretty significantly famous, and then he was like. Well, that was fun. I'm going to go back to being a math professor. Oh. And just I feel stop. Like more people should do that. Yeah. All right. And I'm seeing a note here that uh, the end poem of Minecraft yeah, is in the I, public domain. I, I mean, I wasn't going to normally bring it up, but since we're doing public domain news, yeah, the end poem of Minecraft, the guy who wrote it, uh, never signed a contract with Microsoft when Minecraft got sold to Microsoft. And uh, there's, there's a kind of a cool story about how they went about releasing into the public domain but yeah it's just in the public domain now how oh, neat anyone can use it for anything and this is like a uh, middle finger at microsoft too so awesome yeah exactly hmm. all right next happy news are, do we are we familiar with non-compete clauses i oh, am unfortunately <laughs> i am <laughs> they are terrible they're the worst clauses yeah they're terrible they say that if you work for someone doing something then Okay, they don't actually say this. In a lot of contracts that you sign for employment, there will now be non-compete clauses saying that uh, if you quit this job, you will not work in the same industry for X months or whatever. And uh, they're pretty terrible. And the FTC is right now considering banning all non-compete clauses. And it looks like they're going to go through with it. It's open for public commentary. Commentary? Commentary. Okay, right now. And uh, nothing goes, you know awry it looks like it's gonna go through so that's fucking awesome yeah yeah, yeah. i um so so non-competes i mean they're already limited by common law to what they say is like a reasonable geographic area and a reasonable time code. yeah but it um but it still uh like really screws people out of being able to work in the same industry a lot of the time um like i have a friend 
who, because of a non-compete clause, had to move to Canada yeah. to to get a job. And he and he had like um, you know alimony and child support to pay, mm-hmm. so it's not like he could just go get a lower paying job and be fine like unless you can take a year and a half off when you change jobs you just can't change jobs which is completely fucked up and screws up a lot of what we think about as competitive markets yeah and there's um these things have have really caught on in recent years to the point where a lot of low-wage workers are getting them yeah who like don't have access to trade secrets and there's no real conceivable reason why they would need a non-compete it's just a way for their employer to basically own them yeah. and be like, well, you either work here or you don't work in this industry. Um, and the, I'd be like, I'd be okay with non-competes uh, or much more okay with them if they only applied to if the employee quits. Yeah. But no, they're, every, every non-compete I've ever seen applies to if, the, if your job fires you. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, so but like they could just I, I be don't... like, you're fired, but also you can't work for our competitor. Like, you're not good enough for us. Um, but we think, but we would be harmed if you go to our competitor. I'm which, not okay with them, even if the employee quits, as long as there isn't some like trade secret that only that company knows. Because fuck that, that's bullshit. I, yeah, that's like we have some commies on our Discord, and generally I don't agree <laughs> with them. But when when non compete stuff comes up, I'm like, yeah, I want to burn all the capitalists to the ground because this this destroys capitalism. This is not a free market if you can do that. Yeah, non disclosure, man. Yeah, uh, so just in in the interest of balance, uh, Tyler Cowen did write a Bloomberg topic, uh, which of course, or a Bloomberg column, which of course is paywalled because Bloomberg, uh, but right. as he is wont to do, he also posted uh, some of the juicy bits on Marginal Revolution, um, and he he's tepidly in favor. Uh, there are some fairly solid um cases where you do really want non-competes uh basically they allow freer movement of information within corporations and less information siloing if you are doing sensitive secret stuff um and yeah his bottom line um uh, his bottom line conclusion is, I call for federalism and piecemeal regulation of the practice, not the all-out federal ban proposed by Lena Khan's once again overreaching FTC. And that's more or less how I feel this side of the glorious anarcho-capitalist utopia, where, of course, this would all be handled by competing, uh, uh, competing rights enforcement agencies where some of them uh, call non-compete agreements... Um, whatever the uh, legal term is for a clause in a contract that is so dumb that it makes the contract null and void. Unconscionable? That's the one. Can I make a procedural motion? No. <laughs> I-, I motioned that this be moved into not happy news, if possible, because yeah. Yeah, I, got, I got rather emotionally exercised about this, and I think happy news should be things that are just happy. No. I'm Damn keeping it. this in happy news, because this is great news. This um, is great news. Contra Tyler Cowen, um, I, there are theoretical cases where you would need a non-compete and it would be helpful and useful and would lead to more hiring of people and like less worrying about like giving them your trade secrets um but in practice they tend to just be a raw exercise of employer power over employees with very little justification um so i think a a ban on such clauses i'm i'm entirely for it yeah I just don't think that people have been using this ability 
um, responsibly at all. And I think that it is fine for them to have that toy taken away if they can't play with it nicely. Yes. <laughs> Beautifully. <laughs> Maybe if you can make a good case for it in front of a court or something. But not, yeah, not the way it's just thrown about willy-nilly nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, and usually I'm I'm in favor of things that allow corporations to make more money um, because I'm in favor of corporations making money because that's how our economy works. Uh, but, and I'm usually not that supportive of, like, worker power um, because I think workers often use that to, like, screw over the consumer. Um, but in this case, I am, like, totally on the side of the workers because I think these things just get abused and they are, like... St- stuck in contracts and employees don't realize or or don't have the ability to negotiate them they're usually contracts of adhesion where it's just take it or leave it um and i just i think we would just be better off if that wasn't an option for anyone okay all right next happy news japan is nuke maxing japan is split those atoms (laughs) keep smashing those atoms boys yeah japan is uh Keeping their their nuclear reactors online much longer and is going to be building new ones and it's just all gung ho and up on getting the nukes going. Yeah. So huzzah! They are specifically getting a lot of help from American nuclear firms to get their reactors up and going, which is good because it's building human capital for America oh, yeah. building nuclear reactors. And hopefully, when we have all that human capital lying around, we'll actually decide to use it. Oh, yeah, this is, like, part of the big tragedy. America, like, not approving any nuclear designs or allowing reactors to be built is that nobody has any experience building reactors. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if, if we can do this in other countries, awesome. Yeah, when I was in uh, South Carolina, I lived 30 minutes or so away <laughs> from one of the bigger nuclear power plants in the country and in the world, uh, Duke Nuclear Power Plant. And Duke Nuclear. <laughs> oh my god. Did they do that on purpose? I mean, I mean I assume this was Duke University or something. Uh I Oh my think... god. Does does David not know about Duke Nukem? Duke Nukem. Uh I'm pretty sure it predates Duke Nukem. I'm not yeah, it predates Duke Nukem because, you know, it's oh, a nuclear Duke power plant named after and that. therefore was built oh. in the seventies because that's okay. when we stopped. Uh Man, Duke Nuclear would be a sweet name. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I my entire time I lived there, I met maybe two dozen uh, nuclear engineers and other reactor workers, and I think maybe one of them was below 50. Oof. Yep, sounds about right. All right, well, way to go, Japan. Um, this is like, add this to the list of other countries who are... Uh, way more favorable to nuclear than we are. So hopefully, yeah, we get some experience building those reactors. We make some more breakthroughs. We get costs down, uh, and then the U.S. market can't can't like erect enough walls to keep them from getting built. Hell yeah! All right, next story. Something about uh, new atheists. Yeah, in a big new atheist win, a congressman was sworn into office with a rare Superman comic Ooh. rather than the Bible or any other religious document. Yeah, because the law says you just have to be uh, sworn in on whatever, um, like whatever is important to you, mm-hmm. right, or something like that. You need mm-hmm. to swear on something. Yeah, 
So he swore on a Superman comic? Yeah. Nice. Um, I mean, it's cool that it wasn't the Bible. I don't know if I approve of a Superman comic. Why not? Superman is lame. He's the lamest superhero. You're not well, wrong. Okay, yes. But that's because he doesn't have all those internal conflicts and stuff. He's just pure good, which right. is... It's basically like a religious figure. Right. So I'm like, oh, now our, I mean, look, it's better than our congressman being religious, but he's a Superman fan. Oh, God. You, he's probably a fan of all sorts of superheroes, and he realizes that this is the most tidy whitey one. Yeah. Considering nah. that the precedent is Jesus, um, it does, <laughs> yeah. it does scan. Like, yeah, still better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Our human interest story this week. Okay, I don't know about this one. Is uh, the Enios crossed the bridge? I, so, okay, we're gonna cover it because someone uh, who pays us money wants us to, and that is a darn good reason. And oh, I'll, this was a this was a subscriber. Yes, it was. Asked, all right, yeah. well, we're definitely yeah. covering it. Well, and also, I guess it's about me, so that's cool too. But when I don't know when you say human interest stories, when I, when I pick these stories, they're generally about someone who saved someone's life, like or or saved someone from probably dying or grievous injury or something like. I don't consider just the, an interesting thing that a human did. It's like something that's really good and makes you cheer, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know why this that. is happy news either. Yeah. Okay. But if our patrons want it... It's true. The, the money talks. That's also, what we're going to do. Also, uh, if I remember right, this story ends with Inyash slipping on some rocks and hurting himself, which, don't get <laughs> yes, me wrong, I think is funny, but I'm pretty sure we have a no schadenfreude in happy news uh, rule. <laughs> Also, this post contains the phrase, ropes are steel cables, uh, which makes sense in context, but also offends me on aesthetic grounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So while I was in Portugal, I was hiking around alone and I found this old disused wooden bridge and a wooden rope bridge. I don't know exactly. It's basically like a, it's rope- a steel cable suspension bridge. OK, it's there's some steel cables that are crossing this large valley gully something i don't know it's it's down a ways to the ground you're probably going to break your leg if you fall and uh the the there's yeah, like it de- he posted pictures of it and it definitely looks like something out of like a fantasy story <laughs> where you they have to explain why one of the party died <laughs> so it's like this rickety old bridge the the wooden slats were like I think two feet apart each, and they were only a few inches wide, and uh, they were all very mossy and kind of slippery. It was really fun. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw this thing, and I was like, well, it looks to be hammered into the stone pretty darn good, because I tried to pull on it. And also, the bridge was made out of steel cables, and I figured steel hasn't been around that long. It couldn't have rusted through in the time that it was put up, right? Uh, totally. Yeah. And so I just started going across it. Wait, and, I'm uh, sorry, What? What, what? Steel steel has been a lo- around since, like, before the Romans, my dude. I mean, steel cable hasn't been around that long, but it's still been around more than long enough for, looks like an inch thick, maybe, for an inch thick steel cable to rust through. I don't know. How long has inch thick steel cables been around? Um, I'm pretty sure they used them when they were building, like, the Empire State Building in the 1920s. Yeah, it's not going to rust through in 80, in 100 years. Um, That's the whole thing about steel. It doesn't rust. It, it looked very stable, in my opinion. Anyways, uh, I yeah, went across I mean, it. I'm there sure was only... it was very stable because you didn't die, but like that, yeah, that is exactly. not good reasoning. All right. Wikipedia says steel was invented in 1800 BC. Nice. But steel cable. Ah, well. Not Googling that. <laughs> 
yeah, it, it was very fun. There was one um, step that was out entirely, and fortunately I'm tall enough that I was able to span the gap over to the next step uh, without having to turn around. And then it was really overgrown on the far end, so I had to drop down about 20 feet early. Uh, but, you know, I, I was able to lower myself between two rungs and then land in a bunch of brambles. The, really, the most painful part was uh, whacking my way out of the brambles with nothing but my hands. But uh, a dog found me and led me back to civilization afterwards. And uh, it was it was just a really darn good time. I he was, was quite proud. found by a dog. I was. It was a dog that I had fed Wait. yesterday. Oh, so that's why this isn't happy news. Oh, because there's a dog in it? Cause, well, the dog led you back to civilization. Yeah. That's an awesome story. I know, right? It's just it, it's it's like a, the you know the better version of our human interest stories, which are about animals. Okay. This is a, this is a, a happy news story about a dog, not about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dog saves local idiot's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a darn good time, and someone wanted us to cover it, so we did. And then at the very end, I was feeling very high on life, and I climbed up just like this little slippery boulder, maybe ten feet tall, just to you know survey all the domains that i now own by right of conquest and i knew i knew that most injuries not most a lot of injuries happen after the most dangerous part is over when people are like high and feeling invincible so i was careful going up there and uh i was fine and when i came back down the moss was not informed that since i had already encountered it i didn't have to roll again and <laughs> and i slipped on the way down and hurt myself just a little bit but not that badly womp, womp. Yeah. All right, and then um, and there's pics at the link. Somebody put on our outline that I turned forty Woo! this week. Nice. Dear Lord, is that a harmonica? I think so. Thank you, David. You're welcome. That was awesome. Um, yes, if listeners, if, uh, if you were wondering why Eniash, Charlie, and Gray are all here, uh, it's because today is my birthday party. Fuck yeah, man. I turned 40 Yay. on Wednesday. That's and, a lot of times uh, to make it around the sun. All right. And I will have more to say about that in my troop deployment. Ooh, excellent. Uh, so speaking of which, that brings us to troop deployments. Mm. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our three hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so a while ago, Scott Alexander posted a series of blog posts on the Janas uh, at Astral Codex 10. Uh, where jhanas are essentially blissful states that you can access if you meditate hard enough. And uh, I have been doing some unrelated self-improvement and therapy and other sorts of stuff, and these things kept popping up, and the Astral Codex 10 articles really intrigued me, so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna try it. And I, on my, like, second serious meditation session, I got the puffy hands and face, which is like the big precursor step to actually getting into the jhanas. Uh, you get the puffy hands and face, and then you change your focus from the breath to the puffy hands and face, and that like lets you into the jhana state. 
Uh, I did not actually make it into the first genre. I got too excited about how I was doing the puffy hands and face thing to uh, actually sustain it long enough to properly shift my focus. Uh, but yeah, I, I, on my second session, I made it to like the first notable, uh, road marking. So apparently it's not that difficult. Um, I'm using the, uh, Jana's Seed lectures, um, that were linked in the comments post from Scott Alexander as a recommended source if people are interested in trying. So, yeah, if you're, if you're interested, I can't speak to how rewarding they are, but from a totally dead start, it's apparently not actually that difficult to get to. Or maybe I just have a weird superpower. All right. Could you please elaborate on the puffy hands and face thing? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so uh, you're sitting there focusing on your breath, and then you get this weird, like, almost pins and needles, uh, but, like, really warm feeling uh, sensation in your hands and your stomach. Um, and as you keep on breathing, it... Feels like they're puffing up, uh, like in an allergic reaction, but it feels really good. Uh, and then you, like I said, you shift your attention to ha- to the good feeling, and it amplifies, and then you get into the jhanas. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, David. Eniaj, uh, apparently you're going to give us the the <laughs> troop deployment that we were wrongfully denied last time. <laughs> Yeah, about um, laws that whose primary function is to make you defend yourself against the law is a really bad thing to have. Uh, I now have two examples of them uh, because I have traveled. The the first one I was going to bring up was just laws for housing in San Francisco. Uh, Someone there that I know recently bought a house. That house came with renters in the basement, and they were talking about trying to figure out how to uh, get that space back so that they could, you know move in some more people and I, I was as a complete idiot who lives in a free state I thought can't you just not re-up the lease when it runs out these things are normally done on a year-to-year basis and the answer is no apparently you cannot choose to not sign a lease with someone who's already renting from you in San Francisco and there's only a certain amount that you <laughs> oh, can San increase Francisco. the rent each month so at this point they are paying drastically below market rates for it and will never move to the point where the friend is uh, literally talking about just bribing them with tens of thousands of dollars to move out. Have you considered setting your house on fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's like, the this thing. This is literally what, um, what Henry George was talking about. Yeah, the, the top floor of this house has been vacant for 10 years because the owner kind of wanted it maybe but wasn't sure and didn't want to risk completely losing all access to to his own building by renting out that top floor so in the middle of fucking san francisco one of the hottest hardest to rent in places in the u.s there was an entire building top floor that was vacant for a decade because someone was worried about a law making it that they wouldn't be able to control their own property anymore which completely fucked up like that, that's another family or two families that could have been living in some place in San Francisco for 10 years that just weren't there um, because of that law. Also, in Puerto Rico, 
Uh, not Puerto Rico, sorry. In Portugal, the other P country in the world. Oh. <laughs> Ineos, Puerto Rico is America. <laughs> and I know there's other countries that start with P as well. It's yes, a, it's, But it's not a country. It's a joke. All right. Uh, the person that I was staying with has been getting a job for the past 18 months, and it looks like it's finally going to go through now. That job is as a research technician. This is not a very high-paying job. It's it's slightly below the median, but it's also... It's not a job where you can just be an idiot, but it's not like a super-skilled job either. The reason it's taken this long and has required that her friend basically become good friends with the college administration... Ooh, ooh, and let me guess. Let me guess. It's because Portugal banned uh, non-compete agreements. No. <laughs> it's because Portugal banned being able to let people go if they're hired for this position. It is a job for life. Oh. Yeah, for a research project Sounds that may, French. For a research project that may last only two years. Uh, basically, this person had to get to really know uh, the people that are going to hire her and then come to have a gentleman's agreement that she will resign in two years. Um, this is strictly off the books because that would not be legal. Also means that she can just choose not to do that. And then the university would have to go through all sorts of shenanigans to try to let her go. Um, and even if you're not really doing your job anymore, if you're just kind of phoning it in like I was for the last year of my job, you have to pay lots of money and go through court proceedings to get let anyone stop working for you. Like, apparently, once you give people money, you just have to keep giving them money forever in a lot of European countries. And so I guess it's not a big surprise. Also in a marriage. <laughs> right. And so it's not a big surprise that it takes a really damn long time and getting to know people. They had to list the job listing um, by law for five days and a bunch of other people applied. And the joke was, lol, none of these people have strong personal relationships with the person giving the job, putting putting the job listing up. They don't have any chance at all. Like, wh what is even the point? You, You have to... Have an in, be cronyism, basically, right? Because the university is trying to protect itself from this law, which says you can never get rid of someone. So, yeah, I am not entirely surprised that they're having economic difficulties in Europe when you have this kind of shit going on. Indeed. So, so yeah, make, making laws that just make people try to defend themselves against laws, terrible idea for everybody involved. All right. Thank you, Eniash. Uh, so, before I forget, the people want to know were you on drugs last episode? Oh, no. I At the time you were recording, no. I was just incredibly fucking tired. All right. What what country were you in? Portugal at that time. All right. I don't Are know what time it was over there. But it was literally midnight. It's all at of that our time. listeners who listened to me telling them last week how you were definitely on drugs, <laughs> and that's why you couldn't make it. It was midnight. I had been up since about 6 a.m. Midnight? Yes. <sighs> Lightweight. Well, you... you yeah. All right, Charlie, do you want to do a troop deployment? I'm so unprepared. Darn it. I should have been thinking of it this whole time. Disclaimer, some things are off limits and totally will be cut. <laughs> <laughs> are they things like talking about how terrible you are as a person? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not allowed. Uh, you talk about how great I am. Confessing to federal crimes, I assume. Uh, no, that's fine. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I'll go. And then if yeah. you think of something, you can go after me. All right. So my trip deployment this week is pretty similar to my last one. But it's that uh, getting old, pretty great. Uh, as you learned earlier in the episode, I turned 40 this week. And I gotta say, it's pretty awesome. Um, I know people worry about getting older, like, 
you, there is some physical decline. You're not always able to do all the things that you used to be able to do. But life hack, just be totally out of shape in your 20s. <laughs> and then in your 40s, you can actually exercise and, and be in better shape than you were then, um, which was what I did. Um, I actually feel like I'm phys- much more physically capable now than I was back in my supposed like peak years. Um, but also, you know, there is a thing. It's about about like getting older and wiser. Um, and also, as I get older, I feel like the amount of control I have over my own life is is always increasing. So as I'm able to like customize my own life even more, it gets better and better, uh, which totally makes up for any like physical decline um, from getting older. So I look forward to getting older. You know, I turn 40. I think it's great. I was always looking forward to that. I'd be like, man, things are going to be awesome when I'm 40. And guess what? They are. Um, also, the world is better. And this is what I covered in the last episode. But like. Uh, it's, it reminds me of the, the Scott Alexander story about all the uh, the pills you could take and the brute strength guy. It seems silly. Like, sure, brute strength goes down, but technology keeps improving. And that like that lets me personally just do so much more that like the decline in brute strength is more than made up for by my capabilities to do all kinds of stuff that I could never do before. Like produce this podcast. I couldn't have done this. What? Five, ten years ago. Um, so I feel like just, just, there's just way more I can do now, both from technology, from me knowing more, um, from me figuring stuff out. And so I, my advice is to look forward to getting older because it's great. All right, Charlie, did you think of anything? Man, that was a really good trick. <laughs> I, I have to follow Wes. This is no pressure. Um, hmm. Ah, well, since I'm the oldest person in the room. Mm. All right. Uh, I am very qualified to speak on this. Uh, my troop deployment is to be resilient if you want to enjoy getting older. And I'm not talking about uh, just physical resilience, like Wes has experienced. Um, I'm talking about mental resilience, being open to new things, staying curious, being socially open. Those are things that will greatly enhance your life's journey. Like, yeah, don't be a curmudgeon in your 30s and expect to enjoy your 40s, folks. <laughs> it's not going to happen. There's always cool new stuff coming out. There's always new good music. There's always new good films. Go find things that excite you. It's out there. We don't attack David personally. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that troop deployment. Unfortunately, you have not apparently been informed. Talking about resilience as a positive quality is racist, so you are unfortunately <laughs> now going to have to be canceled. Yeah, I have heard that's white supremacy. As the only brown person through the <laughs> Joke's on resilience, you. I'm not resilience, in the room. resilience, resilience, resilience. <laughs> All right. You heard it here, folks. A legitimate brown person said resilience is good, so it's good again. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for this fortnight. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Substack. You'll get episodes early. You'll get access to bonus episodes, and you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. And you'll be able to just stick stuff in Happy News if you feel like it, apparently. <laughs> um, pay us money, and you can get away with a lot. All right. And we'll be back with you in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. 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 Bye.